When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but there is this like Kung Lao video and it's done to smooth criminal. And it's like the, it's like from uh, Mortal Kombat 3 and Kung Lao walked into the dance club or whatever. And he's dancing with everybody. Oh. And it's done to Smooth Criminal. I don't know if the person who made that knew that I was such a big Michael Jackson fan, but that was that first iteration of, yes, the whole world is coming together. official podcast, the original Mortal Kombat podcast, bringing you well-known and significant members of the Mortal Kombat community. I'm your host, the Mortal Kombat Phantom, and with me as always is my co-host, our Lord Master Yanni. Welcome, Yanni. Thank you, Phantom, and today we'd like to welcome Anthony Marquez, also known in the Mortal Kombat community as the original Kung Lao, as well as, as far as we're aware, the original Fujin. Welcome. Yes, yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on here. So yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> Anthony, uh, it's great to have you on. So usually the way we kick off this show is we like to tell how Mortal Kombat has influenced you or impacted your life. You've been around in a way since the beginning, and I want to talk about that a little bit and kind of share that story with our guests. But before we jump into that, who actually is your favorite Mortal Kombat character? Okay, so... <laughs> um. Kung Lao is actually my favorite Mortal Kombat character. Surprise. Uh, yeah. I just think he's totally awesome. In terms of opponents or whatever, I love Baraka. Baraka and Kano. Okay, Baraka and Kano are two of my favorite opponents. He always came across to me as just a warrior, somebody to test your metal again. And then Kano is one of those guys that is a guy with a great skill set but he actually may be evil or whatever. But at the end of the day, he's a guy looking for a paycheck and just uh, looking to get paid, looking to live his life. And he has a skill set that's worth paying for. And so those are the two characters that I always enjoyed babbling against. And it could come down because I enjoyed Rich the Video so much. And I think he really encapsulates those characters, especially the Kano character. Yeah. Kano and Rich are just, is just the same guy who, and Rich is not evil at all. Let me tell you that. <laughs> but he is, he's just the average guy with a great skill set who's 
looking for a paycheck, very much a mercenary. And I love that guy. So that, those are my favorite characters. And then, okay. And then there's Liu Kang. And everybody knows <laughs> that I'm just as good as Liu Kang. I, I get it that maybe Sub-Zero or Scorpion is the face, maybe even Scorpion more so than uh, anybody else, is the face of Mortal Kombat. But to me, when I think of especially the first iterations of Mortal Kombat, Liu Kang was the champion. And when all is said and done, he's the best. He's the defender of Earthrealm. We're lucky to have him. And so he's also my favorite. And then there's Johnny Cage. We could go on forever. <laughs> we could go on forever just talking about who my favorite guys are in this uh, franchise. But let's leave it at that. How about that? that that's <laughs> actually the most enthusiastic answer we've ever had to the favorite character question. And I absolutely <laughs> love that. But I also love that you picked Baraka first because it's so fitting as Kung Lao's opponent considering the whole history between the two. So that's, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how about we actually jump into a bit of your biography before we get into Mortal Kombat as a whole, because you've been basically with martial arts as, as far as we can tell from your career. You started off straight up with awards as far back as we can see. You were Rookie of the Year with the North yeah. American Core Karate Association, which I'm going to say as NASCAR for that one, because that is way too long to say. But yes. in 1989, <laughs> yeah. And that continued for quite a while. You were top 10 a few years after that, as well as actually... Yes becoming a champion in 96. Is that correct? Correct. This is, yeah. So originally I'm visiting my family in the Philippines. My uncle takes me to the movies and it's a double feature. And then the second movie starts. And at some point there's this guy on screen. He walked into this karate school and he just wrecked shop. He's tearing through everybody. And this is the most amazing fight scene I've ever seen. And this is the most dynamic person I've ever seen on screen. And it was Bruce Lee. It was Fist of Fury or Chinese Connection, depending on where in the world he saw this thing. But I was just shocked. I was dumbfounded. I was sitting in the theater thinking, oh, my God, this is who I want to be. And I was four years old. And then we come back to America. I'm bugging my parents forever. Oh, I, I need to do Kung Fu. I need to do Kung Fu. I need to do Kung Fu. <laughs> My parents eventually relent. And then I found uh, this seven star praying mantis Kung Fu school. And it's run Ooh. by this Chinese guy who looked and sounds and acts like he just stepped out of a Hong Kong Kung Fu movie. And I was in love with that from that point. And that's when I then met Danny and Ho Sung and Ho Young, and then later on down the line, Rich and Carlos. And so that's our bond together. We train together doing martial art. Ho Sung and I eventually go to China together and we're training in China. I would talk about the personality and the pixels or whatever, but it is really these things were the lightning in the bottle where, you know, Liu Kang was the Earth Realm champion, and Ho Sung was our national champion. Kung Lao was training to, alongside Liu Kang and would be, always be pushing each other. And there's always something of a rivalry, but a, a brotherly love underlying all of that type of stuff. And I eventually become a champion. Also, Danny is just now this worldwide celebrity who has bands around the world. And that's exactly who Danny is or Johnny Cage is. Carlos is somebody who up until recently it was working at NetherRealm and 
controlling a lot of Mortal Kombat behind the scenes in terms of art and whatever he was doing at another realm with the choreography or whatever. And that's exactly Raiden. Raiden is somebody who controlled Mortal Kombat from <laughs> behind the scenes for the most part. Rich is Kano, who again is just this regular guy, salt of the earth guy with a great skill set who just looking for a paycheck, just needs to get <laughs> to the end of the week. And that is Kano. And I, I always got to bring up Jack, too. Jack is just this loud military. Let's go to <laughs> whatever he happens to say about defeating uh, Shang Tsung or Shao Kahn or whatever. And that's exactly John Parrish. So, and everybody kind of fits these roles. Katana, Katana or Melina. Katana is the, the princess of Adenia. She rules her kingdom. And Catalan is someone who owns and operates like one of the most successful martial arts schools here in Chicago. She rules her kingdom. And we all kind of looked at her as like, okay, as far as what the kingdoms are doing, what is Catalan doing? What is Katana doing? And so we all looked at her like she's the leader there. And then Shang Tsung. Philip. Philip is a, okay, so Philip is a great guy. I don't know if Shang Tsung's a great guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> Philip is great and he, he saves lives or saves souls or lives as opposed to killing <laughs> lives or souls. But he also has this, he'll kind of go along. If everybody likes something, he'll go along with it, whether, whatever that happens to be, whether we're eating or dancing or whatever. And that's Shang Tsung. He kind of just morphs himself into whatever person or situation he happened to find himself in. So we're all kind of, but again, Shang Tsung, Philip, he's great. He maybe he's one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. He's one of the most caring people. He actually does more good for the world than all of us combined. So, so he, he, in a way, Shang Tsung, but in a way, very opposite of Shang Tsung. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I, that's where I met Danny and Ho Sung and Rich and Carlos in the Seven Star Frank Mantis School. And then uh, Ho Sung and I trained in China. And in 1989, I was the 1989 uh, NASCA Rookie of the Year, ranked in the top 10 for 93 and 94 and 95. And in 96, I was a National Kung Fu Champion of NASCA. So that's where all of that ended up. And then I've always had my eye on like the UFC or mixed martial arts. And then that part became more in the forefront of my training. And so I got more heavily involved in boxing, jujitsu, wrestling, sanda, which is Chinese style kickboxing. And currently at my gym, EKF martial arts, we stress both Chinese martial arts and mixed martial arts. I think you touched on this for a second. You're originally not from the Chicago area though, right? No. Okay. So I was born in the Chicago area. My parents came from the Philippines. They came separately. My dad was in the Philippines and during the Korean war from the Philippines could fight for the Americans and that would give them an easy path to U.S. citizenship. My mom was in the Philippines and they're both not wealthy at all, but she knew that there's a path outside of staying there at that time period, the 40s or 50s or whatever, there's a golden place, the United States of America, and somehow she needs to get there. And so she goes to nursing school. The U.S. was in dire need of nurses at that time. So there was a lot of Filipino nurses coming 
to the U.S. And that's how she got to America. And then my parents met here. They had me and the rest of uh, my brothers and my sister. And eventually I met Danny and Ho-Sung and all those cats. And we did Mortal Kombat. And now I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> Originally, when you were doing Mortal Kombat, from my understanding, you were actually supposed to be involved with Mortal Kombat 1. Yeah. So, okay. So here's the story. So, okay. So we're, we all train together. We're all doing everything together. And then Danny and those cats are talking about, yeah, they're doing some sort of video game. They're filming some sort of video game. And you got to remember at that point, we had Pac-Man or Mario Brothers, maybe Karate Champ. I don't even know if Pit Fighter was something that was like in the public eye at that point. But like, all right, cool. I guess you guys are doing a video game. That's awesome. Whatever. And I'm happy for them, but it doesn't actually mean anything. And then I'm talking to Danny. I'm supposed to shoot these ninja characters or whatever. And like the, a couple of days or weeks before or whatever, I'm in the weight room and I drop a weight on my foot. I break my toes and uh, it's typically not a problem. Yeah, it hurts, but it's not a problem for filming, especially at that point. A lot of the things are done slowly. So you need to be able to hold your balance on different things. And that wasn't going to happen with the broken toes. And so Danny goes ahead and films the ninjas. And cool, that's great. I'm glad you guys are doing this project, whatever that happens to be. And I guess it's with John Tobias or whatever. Then you realize, wow, this project is Mortal Kombat. And you see it everywhere. You see, you go to the arcade and the kids are just swamped around the, the cabinet. You're seeing it on TV because now the home versions are coming out. And you see that kid, Mortal Kombat. And you see it all over whatever bookstore you go to. And the magazines are just full of Mortal Kombat. And then you're even looking, you're just flipping through the channel. And you stop at C-SPAN and you see Joe Lieberman, Senator Joe Lieberman, talking about Mortal Kombat is detrimental to the children. And we <laughs> need to rate all of these things. And... Uh, <laughs> And so you just, no matter where you're going, whether it's MTV, whether it's C-SPAN, whether it's at your local bookstore, uh, at the arcade, Mortal Kombat is everywhere. We all love each other, but because we train together, we're all competing in martial arts tournaments. There's always the, the competition and rivalry amongst all of us. And I'm just sitting there like, I can't believe I missed the boat <laughs> on Mortal Kombat. And it's not just like, oh, Danny got to do this. It's like, Danny got to do this. And Ho-Sung got to do this. And Rich got to do this. And Carlos got to do this. So every, everybody that you know is like participating in this global phenomenon. And you're thinking, wow, man, I can't believe I missed it. <laughs> Were you actually on set for any of the <laughs> initial preparations or recordings for the for the first game? Or was it just... You no, broke your foot so, around the gate. Yeah, so, yeah, so I broke my foot. And again, there was this, oh, cool, they're doing, I'm, again, I'm happy for them, but there's no, right, at least on my end, no big buzz. Oh, this game is going to change the industry. Like, oh, it was like, cool, you're doing a project with John. That's awesome. And yeah. they're doing their thing. I'm doing my thing. We go, to, we go to the gym and train together, but I was not a part of that. And that's why, I'm just as shocked as everybody else. I go to the arcade and like, wow, <laughs> I guess this thing is real. <laughs> this thing is really game changing because yeah, you just remember all the kids are just 
swamped around Mortal Kombat. It was like you you didn't even need anything else in your arcade at that point. All you needed, like, you know, whether it's the arcade, whether it's a 7-Eleven or wherever there happened to be a cabinet, there were kids, so many kids around that. So, so no, I, if I knew it's like, oh, you guys are working on a project that's going to change the industry. Of course, I'm going to hang around. But, <laughs> but at that point, I didn't even understand it really, I guess. Like, you're going to be in a video game, but you're like, like, I, I yeah. couldn't you actually wrap, wrap my head around it. Around it. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> like, you're not like Pac-Man, like Mario or whatever. What, what exactly are you guys doing? So that's cool. Whatever. Let's go work out. <laughs> I, I love yeah, I love that everybody associates you just with the original Kung Lao, as we said, but not so many people are actually aware that you were supposed to be what is really the original Scorpion and Sub-Zero and just a ninja in general. But how come when you did end up coming in for MK2 as Kung Lao, how come you didn't actually take over the ninja at this point? Was this a part of like just con remaining consistent with the characters? Because I, th played I them? think so. I think it was uh, just a matter of consistency for the most part. And again, let's say, and I can't stress this enough. Let's say I did do the ninjas and I'm sure I would have done a fine job as the ninjas or whatever, but somehow there's that, that combination of everything. And Danny did the ninjas. And like I said, Scorpion is arguably the face of Mortal Kombat. If somebody else did, did the ninjas, maybe it wouldn't, maybe it wouldn't have worked as well. And that like the, the, the scorpion rope dart thing, rope dart is one of Danny's primary weapons that he likes to train with. So there, there are just so many things that in terms of capturing that, that lightning in the bottle, all of these things had to be in place. And if I would have done the ninjas, I'm sure it would have been fine, but maybe that would have taken away from the overall magic of mm. Mortal Kombat. And if somebody else played a Kung Lao, they would have done fine, but maybe that would have taken away from the magic. And let's make it there, whether it's John or Ed or Vogel or whoever, Sal DeVita, any of the cats behind the camera or behind everything that makes uh, Mortal Kombat work or the actors in front of the camera, there is a magic that yeah. 30 years later, we're still talking about. So in terms of maybe, yeah, why didn't I pick up Scorpion and Sub-Zero there? It was already established. And a lot of these things were already established by the time I jumped in. I, I likened myself though to, okay, so you have your original cast of characters, the, the original five or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you have a cast of Mortal Kombat 2 and then maybe Mortal Kombat 3 and Ultimate and all of that good stuff. But I always likened myself to like Captain America and the Avengers. Okay, so you, okay, I'm gonna get a little nerdy on you guys. No, cool, go, go for it. <laughs> okay, so in the original Avengers, who's that? Thor, Hulk, Ant Man, Wasp, and Iron Man form the Avengers, and a Hulk leads an episode by issue number two, and then they find Captain America in issue number four, and they now include Captain America as part of the original team. And then by issue 16, I'm telling you, I'm really kind of nerdy on this stuff. <laughs> by issue 16, Thor, Hulk, and Iron Man leave. And so they bring in Wanda, Quicksilver, and Hawkeye. So these are, that, that's now the team. But they've always counted Captain America, even though he came in issue four, as part of the founding members of the Avengers. Yep. And it's the same thing with Kung Lao. Kung Lao, because 
Danny Rich, Carlos, myself, Hosung, were all pals before Mortal Kombat. And they did Mortal Kombat without me or whatever. And then Mortal Kombat 2 happened. We're always together. And so that's why when you think of the Mortal Kombat crew, yeah, you think of Danny, you think of Rich, you think of Hosung, you think of Carlos, you think of Anthony Marquez also. Just because we're all part of that same grouping. And so that's how I kind of liken myself to Captain America, the Avengers, Kung Lao, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, there's the original group, but you know that Kung Lao should be in there too. <laughs> Honestly, it's, you're saying it's all really nerdy. Firstly, it's a nerdy podcast, right? But uh, it's actually a very apt comparison, I would say, because I do associate you with the OG characters. I honestly do. Like, oh, thank you. It, it's, <laughs> it, that is actually like, I, I feel like it's something that most Mortal Kombat fans do, unless it's just me speaking for everybody right now, which I potentially could be. Sorry, guys. But I don't know. I've just always had that association. But I'm very curious because obviously you didn't end up playing the ninja and Daniel Pazina did. So when sure. you were going to, I suppose, I'm not sure how much time you had uh, knowledge of the fact that you were going to record for them before finding out that you weren't going to because you broke your foot. So... Assuming you were to have actually recorded for them, was there something that you had in mind as to how you would have portrayed them? Did you have specific weapons in mind, a style? Like, I'm no, very curious to see what would no, have No, not at all, not at all. Again, I wasn't involved with any of the filming or it was just very tangentially that I was involved. I'd hear them talking, would be sitting around talking or we're doing this game or standing there in front of a camera and we're punching and kicking or whatever. But there was nothing concrete that, was at least sticking in my head uh, until, <laughs> again, until you turn on C-SPAN, until you walk into the <laughs> arcade or whatever. But by the time Mortal Kombat 2 rolled around, or, okay, so now everything's established. Like, okay, I need to get into this thing. And then, oh, now they're working on Mortal Kombat 2. And like, okay, I missed my, I missed the boat on the first one. There's no my way that shine. I'm missing the boat <laughs> on this. Yes! <laughs> And okay, so now I, I need to get into this. And I don't know. Okay, I'm going to be totally truthful with you. I don't know how much fact this is as opposed to myth and legend. Well, brothers, we all mess with each other. But Danny goes to me, you know, oh, yeah, you know what? I don't think Tobias wants you in MK2 because you're too skinny. He thinks you're too skinny. I get so riled up about this stuff. It's like, you know what? You tell Tobias, get his ass to the, get, his, get him to the gym and give me a month, give me four weeks. And then we're going to get him in the gym. I'm going to prove to this guy that I belong in Mortal Kombat. And so I switched some of my training around. I was always weight training, but now for this month, I spent a whole lot more time eating and weight training or whatever. And trying to get as big, as ripped, as cut as possible or whatever. And I wanted to show Tobias, look, I belong in Mortal Kombat. And I've talked to the, Tobias about this, and he doesn't actually remember some of these <laughs> type of things, the, this part of it. Or maybe he could have just been being nice or Did whatever. Did you say this? But <laughs> no. Yeah, it's one of those type of things. But anyway, <laughs> I'm busting myself. I'm going for it. And then Tobias comes to the gym. And he did a little bit of martial arts, mainly because he was like friends with Danny and Carlos and Rich. And so they would play D&D &D together. Sometimes he would do martial arts with them. So he could do a little bit of martial arts. 
And so we're training together and I'm on fire because I know it's like, oh, this is my shot at getting the Mortal Kombat. And I'm just on fire doing everything with Tobias. And then a couple of days later, Danny comes to me and says, yeah, you're shooting. Yeah, John wants you to do this or we're, we're going to do this. And so now I'm really excited. And there's a diner close to Midway that Tobias always used to like to go to. So I would go there, we'd talk about what he wanted me to do. Then he's starting to show me drawings of what Kung Lao looks like. And then I finally get to the studio and I put on the costume. And yes, I am now actually part of Mortal Kombat. I do have a background outside of physical education. At one point, I thought Hollywood and acting would be my, my pursuit. That didn't turn out to be the case. But I understood about the acting and performing or whatever. And I knew that there had to be some sort of personality that you bring to this character. Even though you're just standing there punching and kicking, in your mind, there has to be something that says this is a kind of a fleshed out character. And that didn't happen until I put on the hat. You're standing there in this, this cheaply made, less than dime store quality Halloween costume. Here's but this was already a global phenomenon, but the costume budget was still zero. <laughs> anyway, so I'm standing there in costume. I'm not taking anything away. Yeah, it's a zero, zero dollar budget, but I'm still really excited to be part of this. And, but I'm still trying to wrap them around. Okay, how is this cat different from Johnny Cage? How is he different from Liu Kang? How is he different from Kane or whatever? And then it became... It's the hat. You put on the hat and then all of a sudden you're Clint Eastwood. You're the man with no name. You are stoic. You are tough. You are, you don't take stuff from anybody and it, you barely say anything. But when you say something, it's either meaningful or sarcastic because yeah, you choose your words wisely. And there's just this order of badassery, for lack of a better term, that wraps around Kung Lao and you put on the hat and you slowly tilt your head up and it's exactly the thing like in an old Clint Eastwood movie all you see is the brim of the hat you raise your he raises his head and all you see is his eyes and that squint and you knew that somebody's going down and it that's exactly <laughs> what Kung Lao was and you see all of the images or whatever hopefully that comes across and all of the frames and all of the, the screenshots or whatever. But that, that, that's how Kung Lao became Kung Lao. Yeah. And again, this is something that I personally helped bring to the table. And I think it worked. If I did the same thing with Scorpion Sub-Zero, maybe it would have worked, but maybe it wouldn't have. And again, this is again, that magic that helped along with everything else that helped Mortal Kombat. And you know, 30 years later, Kung Lao's character, as you said, I mean, he was very mysterious. There's like, even before you read into his story and stuff, he had that air of mystery to him. Did you have any kind of direction going into it to kind of bring about this character? Or was it just kind of like you said, you put on the hat and that's how you became Kung Lao? <laughs> yeah. No. So, you know, obviously, uh, Tobias knew that, oh, this is a. Uh, a Shaolin monk, you know, uh, he, you know, there, there's some sort of re relationship between him and Liu Kang, but that was pretty much it. And I keep talking about Tobias. Ed Boon is cool. John Tobias is cool. But in terms of interacting of like 
how, what this character is or whatever. I had more interaction with Tobias. Ed, Ed make the game happen. And I can't speak on like the mechanics or the gameplay or the programming, but Ed and the rest of the team makes that happen. These ideas though, I think a lot of this stuff sprung from Tobias and this is Tobias's concepts or the art and all of that good stuff. And then the rest of the team, Bogolin and all of those cats helped that bring together. So when I keep talking about how this character came about, I keep referring to like Tobias because it, it was his idea. This is the Shaolin monk. This is the movie star. This is the mercenary or whatever. And then we as actors would talk to him like, okay, how about something like this? And then Ed would be there and he'd have us do things over and over again. But I think Ed really brought the, the you could have the greatest ideas in the world, but if the gameplay sucks, nobody, you were not talking about this. You could have great gameplay, but if you don't have that, that cool aesthetic about it, we're not talking about this. If you have great gameplay and cool art, but the characters are, I keep busting on pit fighter, but <laughs> if the characters are the pit fighter characters, we're not talking about this. And so that's one of those things I would talk to the. Tobias, okay, what are we trying to get through here? What do you, what, what kind of moves do you want? And obviously add two, uh, what kind of moves do you want? And then it would be, okay, this is, he's a Shaolin monk. Most of my training through that time was in Chinese martial arts and especially, uh, you know, uh, long fist or a chung chun. And this is another story. Tobias said, would say that he wanted Kung Lao to have wind-like movement. And in a practical sense, you're thinking, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> what, what exactly is a wind-like movement? But it just happens to be that the English word for it is long fit. This is a style of Chinese martial arts that I was training heavily at the time in. And that the essence of long fist is the energy coming from the center of the body and then moving out through the extremities. When you think about a propeller, or like a, a windmill in reverse. And so now, so then it became propeller, windmill, wind-like movement, long fist. This all makes sense. And so all of the basic things were ready, set, in place. We need a high kick. We need a medium kick. We need a low kick. We need a high punch and all of this good stuff. So all of these things were set in place already. But what can we do as actors and especially what can I do as Kong Lao to make this character as as real as possible and it just so happens that my training what i did what john's ideas were this all came together for each character and that's why i'm so glad that i didn't do uh scorpion and sub-zero i'm glad that i did kung lao and then something like later on down the line i played fujin in mythology then also another unnamed shaolin monk and those things are really, to me, like work for hire. Like I'm no, I'm not no name Shaolin monk. Let's just, <laughs> but I'm also not the wind god. I'm not Fujin. I put on the costume. I did whatever. I did everything that they asked me for me to do. And I try to bring some, a level of reality to that. But that's why I hardly ever talk about those guys. And I don't want to get all crazy on you guys, but there's so much of the of my essence in Kung Lao. And this is all true for all of those original cast members. This is who we are. This is what they wanted. And somehow that meshed 
into these characters. So that's why I'm constantly talking about Kung Lao because everything that Kung Lao was, did, everything that I was doing at the time, the, the concepts that uh, everybody wanted, they, they just all kind of meshed together into Kung Lao or again, into Liu Kang, into Johnny Cage, into Raiden, into Kano. So I'm so appreciative and so happy to be part of this legacy that 30 years on, we can still have fun and talk about this. And God only knows with whatever other games are coming down the line. It's just so awesome to be just even a small part of that. Well, as you say, like we, we can talk about this 30 years down the line. And as far as I've seen, even just through these interviews that we're doing on the Realmcast, we continuously learn new things. So for example, just now you're saying how John was explaining to you how he wants it to have like wind-like movements, etc., And Obviously, firstly, you actually managed to capture that or they managed to capture that through your, your motions, your movements. It's also so fitting because he actually has moves like whirlwind spin, etc. It's all wind focused and it, it all yeah. clicks now when you put, when you say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You like the, the whirlwind vitality and all of that good stuff that all of that stuff, somehow John had this in his head. Somehow we had to make this real in terms of physical motion. Somehow all of this stuff had to come together. And that is another of those things. He wanted, okay, for, for this thing, I just want you to spin around. Like, what are you? Okay, all right, cool, cool. <laughs> but I'm such, a, I'm such a fan of Michael Jackson. And let's face it, his spin, outside of the moonwalk, that spin is one of the iconic movements of Michael Jackson. And so, especially at that time, ooh, you mean I get to... Mimic something like Michael Jackson. This is so awesome. And but so shred my opponent we do this along thing the way. And, I, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> and so instead of just wrapping my arms around and or spinning like Wonder Woman the, uh, 10 years before that or 20 years before that, I can do something and get to the spin and get into this position to spin. And so the spin is cool because it, it harkens back to Michael Jackson. But even if like slow that stuff down, you would see the the hand movement is mm. here. And that's the official wushu salute, or you'll see this in just a Chinese culture, this, this type of salute. But in terms of like wushu, or the fist represents the martial aspect, being able to pound people into submission. But there's always the wisdom that has to temper that that power and so this all of this stuff comes together so oh okay now we want you to spin our right, and i'm in this position spinning around and so that's all of that magic stuff and it, you're spinning around you're doing this stuff and then limbs are flying all over the place it's a beautiful thing it, again we're saying it's clicking into place and just as you're saying it's the wushu like salute and everything i mean we wanted to ask you about the design on the front of kung lao's well, a tire. I'm not sure what to call it, but I mean, is that not supposed to be like to have a wushu meaning? Like, yeah, you... the symbol there is wu, and which is war or martial. It's all kind of the same thing. But this is that same symbol that it's the wu symbol, and it means war or martial, something like that, like martial arts or war arts or whatever. So that's exactly what it is. That the symbol on there is wu, and so yeah. Yeah, it is martial or war. And that's what Kung Lao is. You understand? He, he, is, he represents Chinese war arts or martial arts. So, yeah. <laughs> it just all comes together. I still actually find it kind of funny <laughs> that you went from Kung Lao 
who, well, that we just learned was really wind focused, not just in his moveset, but also in his actual inspiration for his, his fighting style to Fujin, the literal god of wind in the Mortal Kombat yeah. universe. <laughs> <laughs> so, but again, there is so much like for Fujin, I'm a big fan of Thor. So you look at that costume or whatever, and it's kind of blue. He got the big red cape, at least in my version of it, it's a big red cape. And he kind of looked like Thor. I'm more Bruce Lee than Chris Hemsworth. So at least least my version of Vujin is like Bruce Lee in a Thor suit or whatever. But again, that's one of those things where I don't see how I am the wind god. And again, in that same game, mythology, both Rich and I play Shaolin Monk. Unnamed Shaolin Monk, and bro, that ain't me. That is, <laughs> I'm not some background there. <laughs> but Kung Lao is, yes, this is where it all comes together. <laughs> you know, talking about the, the Michael Jackson inspiration, now every time I see him do his spin, he puts his head down too and kind of covers his eyes just like you do with Kung Lao. <laughs> and I'm going to imagine that move from here on out. I'm just saying. The hat itself for Kung Lao, did that come about when you uh, showed up on set or was that something that was that something that John had already written out for you? All of the the design of the costume is John. There, there's a pic of Kung Lao, like a, a sketch of Kung Lao in the, the original blue suit that Tobias did before I, I inhabited the costume. But I know that the sketch of Kung Lao in the blue suit, he already at that point leaner or smaller than like Liu Kang or the rest of those cats. And I know that Tobias, he had this character in mind or whatever, whether I forced myself in or he already knew that I was going to play Kung Lao or whatever. However, that plays out. He knew that I was going to be Kung Lao. So then when you look at the, at the, that original sketch, he's, he's thinner than Liu Kang. He, but he, you could see that, oh, okay, Tobias faced this, this sketch on me. Just like, kind of like when you see the sketches for Mortal Kombat 2, like Liu Kang. You could see a lot of Ho-Sung in that stuff. But the hat and the whole costume was already what Tobias designed and the costume makers put together. But again, just like any other actor, you have the suit, you have the costume. But let's say you put on the Captain America suit. You're not an actor and you put on the Captain America suit. And somehow it just isn't the same as like, Chris Evans trying to figure out what Captain America actually means and him putting on the suit Mm. and him being the guy that leads the Avengers against the forces of Thanos. There's some sort of magic that happens or same thing with Robert Downey Jr. with Chris Hemsworth. These are roles that match the actor and hopefully, especially in the, the, that first, those first iterations of Mortal Kombat, the actors and the roles just kind of matched, matched and it's a, it's a cool thing. <laughs> um, how about things like like Kung Lao's hat throw, that type of moveset? Did you bring any of that to the table with you? Oh, yeah, definitely. We need a long range attack or whatever. We need to throw the hat. But the, the way he does it, whether he's throwing it underneath, then that one's very much the Captain America throw this oh, one. Uh, that one's the Captain uh, America. Again, I'm a big fan of like Captain America. <laughs> Obviously, Bruce Lee, John Bon Jovi, which we could talk about. <laughs> but like, like the, these very extended movements. This is all long fists. And this is all of these long fist or wind time movement. This is what John wanted, but how are we going to manifest this stuff? And it just so happened to be that at that time, that was my primary style of martial art. 
And so, so all of that type of stuff is just, just wrapped around. John wanted this, but he didn't, he's not like a true, like died in the world martial artist. He doesn't really have a, a, a huge internal library of, oh, I want this type of move for this type of move. Like, that's why he hired us. It's like, okay, mm. you guys are martial artists. Hopefully we can figure this stuff out. And so, yeah, all of that type of stuff, the, the hat tosses, the spins, the finishing, all of that type of stuff. Like, oh yeah, that's what, let me bring this to the table because this mm -hmm. is what I do. So, so again, it's, it, was, it was just a perfect marriage. So yeah, so th there's a lot of leeway in terms of, oh yeah, we need this. How can you manifest it? Let me show you. So, <laughs> and then like, oh, that kind of stuff, that kind of stuff. Oh, that was actually pretty cool. <laughs> So let's go with that. So that's how all of that stuff came together. Was there any change to your approach with Kung Lao going into Mortal Kombat 3? As a younger athlete, there, there's so much testosterone, there's so much wanting, especially within that time of your life. I'm, and I'm glad that I can look back on this now, but always wanted to be the alpha, number one, all of these good things. And so we're all trying to become as uh, good as possible, get as strong as possible. And I'm just happy that the design of the costume went from like the, like the old style military garb. That, that's kind of what Kung Lao garb is kind of based off of like a old, old style Chinese soldier or whatever. So he had this, what should be a big breastplate with the Wu symbol on it. That's what yeah. it actually should be. Says, oh, fuck, we just got these two straps here so I can start flexing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and for that, with that Mortal Kombat long, 3 yeah. fighting, <laughs> fighting what, yeah. what is the pose in the beginning? The, the versus pose is like, I see you flexing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you were saying. <laughs> but, yeah, but that's what it was. The, I, and I wouldn't say more confident because you walk in with confidence. It is what it is. But just being able to manifest that, that there, there's even more badassery about this character. That's what actually came in from Mortal Kombat 2 to Mortal Kombat 3. In Mortal Kombat 2, yes, you, you know exactly who you are. You're trying to mold this to the character. But now you've been doing this for over a year. And then you've done some of these shows, some of these trade shows and for Midway and you're on magazine covers and all of this good stuff. And so you're that line between who the character is and who the actor is really starting to get blurred. And so you're much more self-assured, even though in the, in the beginning, you're self-assured you are, you inhabit this character now, and you and this character are, are one. And so, yeah. So, so the, by the time Mortal Kombat 3 rolled around, that was more of the feeling. You had mentioned that you don't have as much of a connection with Fujin as you do with the other characters. When you showed up to actually play Fujin, was there any kind of inspiration for this character or any kind of input? There was still, you know, some back and forth. There, at least in my mind, there wasn't as much, like, thought put into the character. Yeah, on my end, as much thought put into the character. I did enjoy that it looked the red cape, the blue suit, even the, like the yellow leggings or whatever. It's, it's all very reminiscent of Thor. And so I, I really dug that. And, and, and when we shot it, it was more tomorrow, we're going to do this. Here's the costume. This is what it looks like. And you're going to be this wind God or whatever. And so again, at least on my end, there wasn't as much thought about how this character is going to come together. It was very much with Kung Lao. This is the character. 
for for Fujin. Okay, yeah, we need to win God, and it's not even a, like really a playable character at this point or whatever. And so we just need you to do this and this and this and this. And so I'm listening to John. I'm listening to Ed. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I can do this. I can do that. Not a problem. Or how about if we do something like that? But again, I hate to say that, but that was that's like work for hire as opposed to oh yeah, let let's have this magic happen. And I'm just glad that the magic happened for for sub zero mythologies or whatever. But I don't know. In my own opinion, the real that you have the spinoff games, and some of them are great, and some of them maybe are maybe not so great. I don't know. <laughs> but the core Mortal Kombat, the thing that you know that it's all based off of, and even you know through you know the latest iterations of the game, I, it, those things are magic. And so I apologize if I let anyone down for. Fujin or this unnamed Shaolin monk. But there, again, I'm not getting, I can't <laughs> get Shaolin behind monk. this unnamed Shaolin monk cat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying no, to figure out which Shaolin monk it was. <laughs> it was the bald one. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah so, but yeah, both Rich and I are bald Shaolin monks running around <laughs> in mythology. And, but that for Fujin, it was very much that. With Fujin, he actually became super influential to the point where they started including him in other games. Like, I think people were extremely interested in this new character. And I'm, I'm curious, did any of your martial arts influence your portrayal of him at all? Or was it just kind of like, like you said, you, you weren't putting as much thought into him? I'm sure if you're a dancer, if you're a martial artist, if you're a fighter, if you're an athlete, if you're an accountant or a computer programmer, there are ways that people move. And uh, consciously or subconsciously. So as a martial artist or whatever, there's a way that there, there's a way that a lifelong martial artist moves and there's a way that they carried themselves. And so I'm sure there's some influence there as opposed to that you take a random guy off the street and he does, he's not into fitness. He doesn't work out. Maybe he hasn't had all that uh, training where they're very much more self-assured and so you're kind of your average guy and you throw that average guy into the fujin into something that is very similar to the thor costume and you end up with something different there's always some sort of magic when something clicks and so i'm glad that fujin is, is a much more popular character now uh, and i'm not trying to uh, claim any any credit for that but again there's always magic when something clicks and there's not that magic when something doesn't click and i keep busting on striker i know i keep busting on striker but like in mk3 i don't know if striker clicked as as much as some of the other characters i'm no. totally with you i hate on striker almost every episode <laughs> yeah we do i mean i'm curious because i can't find an actual answer or a consistent answer anywhere online you're credited with reprising your role as fujin for mk4 and gold on some sites and then not on others can you clarify if you continue to play him oh yeah i started on mortal kombat 2 i worked on mortal kombat 4 in the motion capture suit cool. and so i don't know what to tell you the truth i don't remember which characters i was used for but I had the first iteration of the motion capture suit on. There's some footage out there. I have the tracking balls on my yeah. joints or whatever. I'm kind of swinging a, a stick or on all of that good stuff. 
So I did work on Mortal Kombat 4, and I couldn't tell you for sure which characters they used my motions for because you could just, you, you have this motion, you build a skeleton around that, and then you could graph whatever character you want onto that motion. So that could very easily be the case where they use some of my motion for Fujin in that one or not. But for sure, I worked on Mortal Kombat 4. For sure, I did motion capture. If they use that motion for Fujin or not, I couldn't tell you. I mean, it's also interesting to think about because if you've done the motion capture for Mortal Kombat 4 and I'm assuming Mortal Kombat Gold, then I would have assumed in some fashion that some of your moves may have made it in for Kung Lao, who actually uh, got put into uh, Mortal Kombat Gold. But you were not the face of Kung Lao in MKG. I think that was Josh Sway, our previous guest. Right, Phantom? Right, 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 right. So, yeah. And this is something, though, that, again, what I'm so grateful for. So, like I said, you know, I, I started Mortal Kombat 2, did everything through Mortal Kombat 4. The technology changed. They're doing you know, the motion capture stuff. And then it's almost like Menudo or any some sort of, of those groups where you do your time and then you age out. And then they bring in new a new cast for Menudo. So Ricky Martin is Ricky Martin Menudo. part of Menudo. And <laughs> well, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's like passing on okay. to, to the next. Yeah. Yes, but I count myself as so lucky because I'm so proud of this. My son, who also does martial arts, who I trained since he was a child, and who's trained in China, won national championships, and also did the motion capture for Kung Lao and other characters. And I think he started Mortal Kombat 9, Mortal Kombat versus DC, or all of oh, these wow. type of games, Mortal Kombat 10, Mortal Kombat 11. And especially, so he does a lot of motion capture stuff, but especially when there's opportunity for him to do motion capture as Kung Lao, like they would make sure that he would be the one who does the motion capture for Kung Lao. So Kung Lao is more than just, again, more than just a character for us. It's become this legacy character for my family. And it is just, it's, I, I can't be more appreciative than, than what I am because I find that so cool. I'm, I'm so happy that about that. Didn't your son actually get to play uh, Kung Lao in the unreleased, uh, one of the HG versions they were making of Mortal Kombat? Yeah. Yeah, that's so, cool. Yeah, so yeah, that's where it all started from. Back in I think it was 2010 or something, there another company was working on Mortal Kombat HD. Here's a good one. So that there's another company. They're now they're working on Mortal Kombat HD. They want to redo the first three Mortal Kombat, and they want to. Oh, we want to. We need your help as a consultant. Oh, uh, yeah. Can you do that? So, of course. First thing that I can say is like, okay, for Kung Lao, what you need to do, you need to hire my son. <laughs> this is my way of... <laughs> perfect casting. I, I joke, but you know, <laughs> yeah, it's a perfect casting. Yeah. This was in LA, so we flew out to LA. He gets to put the costume on, and there, there are pictures online of this stuff. He's in costume. He's doing all of the, the movement. And the way that they would do this is... They would have the original frames on screen and then the character would be kind of transparent. So it'd almost be like, like an onion skin. Mm -hmm. And so you would have Kung Lao throwing a, a kick or whatever. And then Taylor, my son, would be filming and he would have to 
fit within this onion skin. His body has to do what the onion skin is doing. That's cool. And that became so, so trippy because, okay, as a father, you love your, you love your children no matter what. And if there's a father and son relationship and you love your son and you want him to, whatever he does is going to be great. But somehow if he gets something and he's able to mimic some of you, that's even more beautiful. But then when you're actually watching him in this costume, doing it in your, really literally almost in your skin, doing what you do, that is, there's no way to, to get that feeling across. Like, yes, this is the whole world to me. This is me, martial arts my son, this character that I'm so associated with. Now my son is doing this character, doing the movement that I'm literally doing, the movement that I was doing. There, there's no other aspect in existence that could actually capture that. that and this was done through Mortal Kombat. And this wow. is why I always have something great to say about Mortal Kombat because outside of everything else, outside of, hanging out with you guys outside of going to conventions or being part of this franchise to also have my son involved in this. And he's my son and he's doing Kung Wow. And it, I don't even know how to describe that feeling, but it is, if you're a father, if you have a son, this is beyond anything that you could hope to imagine. <laughs> so, so yeah, that was the story of Mortal Kombat HD. It goes on where. These cats, there's so much that everybody learned on making Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat 2 and Mortal Kombat 3. And it seems like, and I can't talk really about this, but anytime somebody else gets control of a property or whatever, they want to do it their way. They don't want to hear, they don't want to bring on uh, the previous generation because it's their money. They have their own ideas. They're going to do it their way. But I don't think that their way ever came together to a point where they can actually release a Mortal Kombat HD video game. So yeah. that thing never saw the light of day, but like five or six or seven years moved on from that. Now they're doing Mortal Kombat 9 or 10 or whatever, Mortal Kombat versus DC, all that good, or Injustice, all of those good things. And my son is involved in that. And so, yeah, this Mortal Kombat thing has just become a legacy thing for my family. And I'm so happy about that. <laughs> That's, that's so amazing to even think about, just the fact that... Because I would have said it would have been amazing if your son got to play, for example, Kung Jin, who is the nephew of Kung Lao. But then right. he didn't just play Kung Jin, he played Kung Lao. <laughs> that's even <Yes>. more... <laughs> yes. And Carlos was doing the choreography for, for the game, working on the art. And again, that, that's Carlos, that's Raiden, yeah. behind the scenes, manipulating Mortal Kombat. <laughs> that all of this stuff is just magic. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious, between Mortal Kombat 2 and Mortal Kombat 3, we saw a big tonal shift, not just in the game itself, but also with the cast because of ongoing lawsuits and stuff like that. How did that impact sure. you during this time? Okay, so again, there is the original. And I count myself... It's part of the original cast. We've gotten through this because we've been buddies, we've been friends, we've been brothers or whatever. But I wasn't part of 
that game. It's like, yeah, you guys are working on a game or whatever. Why? Like, like I, mm-hmm. I still don't understand. Are you Pac-Man or who are you? <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> so by the time Mortal Kombat 2 rolled around, everything has been established. Okay. So you know that there's a, a high punch, a low punch, a high kick, a low kick, a medium kick, a fatality, all of the good things. Every, the basics are already established. You know that Oh, it's a big video game and you know that it's going to acclaim for Super Nintendo or Sega Genesis or whatever that that happens to be. All of these things are in place. Some of the original cast members had lawsuits against Midway for various reasons. Something about unwarranted use of their likenesses or all of this good stuff. Whatever those uh, lawsuits happen to be. And we're standing there and so we're as a group. How Midway makes us an offer of, okay, if you want to continue with us, this is the offer that we're giving you. And some of the other castmates thought, you know what, this isn't worth it for us because whatever it happens to be, whether the unwanted use of their likenesses or creative differences or whatever, and that's fine. That's what they need to do. But I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, Okay, even if I go down this route, I have no leg to stand on. Everything had already been established by Mortal Kombat 1. You know, what high punch, low, low punch, high kick, low kick, medium kick, fatality, the, the home system, all of that good stuff. There was no way that I can claim that, oh, I, I did something unique. Outside of bringing unique, uniqueness to my character, I didn't create this it's already been established that mortal Kombat has already been established and unused unlawful use of my likenesses for other platforms i was watching the kid mortal Kombat, mortal monday so i knew all of this stuff going in and we're again we're all brothers we're all in this and our friendship existed before mortal Kombat. No matter what happens, if Mortal Kombat ends tomorrow, if Mortal Kombat goes on another 20 years, our friendship will always be there. It doesn't matter if Mortal Kombat begins or ends now or ends in 20 years or outlives us. We'll always be this tight group of guys. But we do need to make our own decisions on which way we're going to go with this. And for me personally, I did not, ha- I did not have a leg to stand on, oh, oh, I created something, or I didn't know about this. You knew at that, by Mortal Kombat 2, you knew that this was a global phenomenon. And so what made the most sense for me? The most sense for me was to align myself with Midway, you know, I, I, at, at that time, it would be Midway Games or whatever, uh, Wilden Valley, Midway, align myself with that. And it would, you would think, that would cause a rip in our friendship and our brotherhood or whatever. But it didn't, it would like, maybe like, all right, fine. You're going to go that route. Fine. And then there may be just like, well, well, F you then. Let's go get pizza. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It was that. Right. So, you know, and so a song went one way and Danny and Phil and Kathleen and Liz went one way or whatever. But yeah, for me, it was very much. This is, you look at the field, you look at, okay, what actually makes sense. And this is, for me, this is the route that I'm going to choose. And yeah, 
then everyone's mad and then everyone gets pizza <laughs> and then we're back training the next day. Right. And no matter what, like Danny, Danny's my brother. He, no matter what, yeah, he would, if you met Danny, he would give you the shirt off his back. If you just met him and, oh, I'm coming to Chicago for this convention, but I have no way to get to the airport. Johnny Cage is the first guy to say, you know, what time do you come in? I'm going to go pick you up. This is who Danny is. Ho Sung is somebody who, you know, this guy has an ego. I can't even separate my hand far enough to, <laughs> to, to tell you how big that guy ego is. And if you met, and it's a well-deserved ego, but he's somebody who, when we worked on Turtles, he was the one who went to bat for me. Just like, hey, hey, Mr. Johnson, who was the stunt coordinator, if you need somebody else to suit up in a turtle suit, Tony's the guy that you need. And I was able to suit up in a turtle suit because Ho Sung went to bat for me. These are who we are. We're outside of the, the whole Mortal Kombat thing. We are brothers to the end. And no matter what happens, that's always going to be the same. So, so that's where we all stood at that time of the lawsuit. They thought they had one way to go. I thought I had another way to go. We chose our paths. But in the, at the end of the day, we're still together. So, and you can't, you, again, that's just part of that, everything together. You can't, we're not just actors that were hired for these parts and then went to, to the four winds after that. We're together before this, we're going to be together afterwards. And we're just, we're just lucky to be along for the ride as we go. So, so that, that's my version of what happened during those lawsuits. So after that, uh, how long did you end up staying with uh, Midway in the, in the Mortal Kombat franchise? <laughs> Until I aged out of Menudo. <laughs> <laughs> Was there any particular reason for you leaving the uh, company? <laughs> uh, you know, they thought, they thought that, okay, you're, we left all the work that you did. There's some lines on your face that we can no longer hide. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Here's a gold Here's the gold hat. Thank you very much for your service. <laughs> just because you all went in different directions with the whole lawsuit thing that you managed to keep, and not just managed, you, you thrived in keeping that relationship going. Although I'm also curious, what's the relationship been between you and Midway, which is now NRS, and of course, Ed and John, since you've left? Have you had any contact with them in recent years or...? Okay. Uh, in recent years, I, I can't remember the last time I talked to Ed, but Ed has always been cool with me. There, there's no question about that. But again, I will never say one bad thing about Ed. He's always been cool. He's always been cool. But the guy that I was closest to on that team was Tobias and then like Bogle and Davida, Sal Davida. In terms of the guy that I was closest to, maybe I guess there'd be more of the art guy. Yeah. As opposed to the pro programming guy. And so, but especially Tobias, closest with Tobias and Vogel and the Vita or whatever. But yeah, the art guys. But I haven't talked to Ed in forever. Maybe it's been a few years since I've actually talked to Tobias on the phone. And then sometimes on social media, we'll exchange things or whatever. Tobias has always been cool with me. Even back in the day, sometimes I wouldn't be shooting or whatever. And I would just hang out. and. I'd go there and I'd love hanging out like in Tobias's office because he had all the art stuff and <laughs> like he's a great artist. I remember there is like a, a series of drawings. It wasn't 
comic book drawings or whatever, but it wasn't like a published comic book, but it was either Thor versus Hulk or Thor versus Superman. And he had like a bunch of pages where they're just fighting or whatever. And I thought it was the coolest thing. It's like, hey, 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 Tobias, can I have this stuff? <laughs> because there's just be photocopies. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take it. Or there's a extra like Mortal Kombat paraphernalia in the, in the office, like posters or whatever. Hey, Tobias, I'm going to take this stuff. Cool. And like, yeah, just take it. So it was always like that. It was always cool like that. In terms of like Midway or and now Nether Realms or whatever, uh, the only thing that I would say is that, you know, I'm grateful that my son is part of this world, you know, uh, if there's, you know, real, you know, bad blood or whatever. And again, I can't speak so factually on this, but I could imagine them not letting my son participate in this. And yet, like I said, he's been part of Mortal Kombat for the last few years. So in, in that respect... Thank you very much. I'm glad that as a family, we're still able to participate in this Mortal Kombat journey. So, so yeah, I, I got no beef with anybody. Me, I just kind of love everybody anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, I'm curious, have you kept up to date at all with the series? Like, especially Kung Lao's betrayal in Mortal Kombat 2021 or any of the newer mediums like Legacy and things like that? Oh, yeah. So I'll interact with Matt. Max Wong, yeah. every now and again, it was his birthday, which I'm a happy birthday. And we interact together. And yeah, so, man, I am so pissed off. Yeah, they did it. They always <laughs> seem to do Kung Lao dirty. Yeah. So there, there's these lyrics that I wrote. You can knock me down, but I will not die. And I'm coming through the fire on the other side. This is me. This is Kung Lao. I don't care how dirty you want to do Kung Lao. Kung Lao is always coming back. And people, you could see online, oh, they're always doing them dirty. Yeah. But you know what? He's always back. You're always talking about him and he doesn't give up. Somehow he's always there. And this is Kung Lao. He does not give up. And this is me. And this is why it's always so intertwined. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Max also, he's part of Jackie Chan's stunt team. He also does Chinese martial arts. Where we differ is my main background is Northern Chinese martial arts. And his background is Southern Chinese martial arts. And this is cool, too. That very first scene that he popped up, the hat popped up, and he's oh, yeah. whirling around, and he, he lands there. This is very much a, a, southern, a southern fist movement. And so this is what he brings to the table. And just like anything else, every sport, martial arts, everything evolves over time. So no matter what I did, this is the next generation, and he's bringing stuff to the table, and he's here. But he's great. I, I never say anything bad about him. He, he's a champ too. And so everything, everything just kind of builds on each other. And he brings his own personality to the, to the role. He brings his own martial arts skill set to the role. And so I'm really happy about that. Yeah, they did him dirty. I don't know if he's going to come back as a, a revenant or whatever in the <laughs> next movie or whatever. But he'll be back because you can't keep Kung Lao down. So yeah. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you. I enjoyed the beginning of mm -hmm. MK2021. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed some of the action. I enjoyed some of the interaction, especially between La Kano and Liu Kang. Kano and uh, Kung Lao, I enjoyed a lot of that stuff. Some of the stuff, I think they could have done another rewrite before, before it actually yeah. hit the screen. <laughs> but in terms of those cats, whether it's Max, whether it's Kano or Scorpion and Sub-Zero in the beginning, I thought all of that stuff was awesome. 
Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm curious as well. Have you seen Legacy? Because Kung Lao was portrayed by Mark Dacascos. Yeah. Oh, see, this is another thing. This is another thing where I'm so okay. So Kung Lao is Kung Lao, right? And Kung Lao is supposed to be this uh, this Shaolin monk. You'd imagine he's like a, a Chinese Shaolin monk. But whether it's me, whether it's Paolo Montalban, who's also Filipino. Uh, yeah. Whether it's Mark DeCascos, who is like a very mixed race. Forget what exactly his mix is, Mark but DeCascos? I know he's Chinese. Yeah. I think he's Hawaiian, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So his dad is Al DeCascos and I can't remember his mom is, or not. I can't remember his mom's name, but it's like a mixed race Asian. Okay. Yep. There, and uh, amongst other things, he's a mixed race Asian. Whether it's Max Wong, who's, I believe, Chinese and German or something like that. So it would be very easy to just cast just a, a straight Chinese cat as Kung Lao or whatever. But mm. because I was cast originally, it's always been like this mixed race Asian cat mm. that's playing Kung Lao. And so, again, whether that's by design, whether that's just coincidence, however you want to look at it. But I always thought that was cool as opposed to just casting just a straight Chinese cat as Kung Lao. Mm. I always thought that was cool. But yeah, Mark DeCascos is cool. His dad, Al, actually worked on Turtles 3 for a couple of days just as a stuntman. You know, Al DeCascos is a, a big deal. He knows Pat Johnson, who is a stunt coordinator on that. And it's the same thing, whether it's Al DeCascos, whether it's Ho Young Pak, who's Ho Sung's brother, who also worked on Ninja Turtles 2. When you're like that, the stunt coordinator, like, yeah, I'm here for a couple of days visiting. Yeah, let me get on set and work on this. And this is like a major Hollywood production. And it's like, oh, yeah, cool. Just uh, go to costume, suit up, and you're on. It's crazy how these things work. But yes, I met his dad. I, I interact with Max. And then Max also, he had a song come out during the release of Mortal Kombat. Paolo is a big singer. I bet you that Mark also thinks, I would love to just do a oh, song man. with all of us because yeah, <laughs> the Kung Laos. <laughs> I actually just searched up Mark's origins. You were right. He is very mixed. He's got Chinese, Filipino, Spanish, Irish, and Japanese ancestry. Yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> but he did also, he was also Hawaiian, I think. Yeah. So yeah. he's got all this together. <laughs> yeah, they're right. But it, yeah, very much a mixed agent. And oh, uh, what it was, it, it's crazy. Okay, so what what else does he do? The Iron, uh, right? Iron Chef America, I believe, Mark DeCasco. Isn't he the nephew of the Iron Chef or some craziness I had like no that? No idea. The, I didn't realize anyway. it. The chairman, according to uh, yeah, what I'm he's reading. A, yeah, he's a, <laughs> yes. Anyway, wow. one of my students was watching Iron Chef America and he's watching it with his wife or something like that. And then he tells me this story. He goes to his wife, wow, this guy reminds me so much of Coach Tony. And he tells me this stuff. And I bust out laughing because Mark DeCosco is also Kung Lao. Right. It's like, you know, <laughs> but just the, the, the mannerisms and everything. It's like, it's, it's, and he didn't know about the Kung Lao connection either. It's like, just somehow the, the mannerisms from Iron Chef America and how he knows me at the gym. It's like the same mannerisms or whatever, similar mannerisms. <laughs> That's and cool. then we're, he didn't even realize, oh yeah, we're both Kung Lao too. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, Anthony, uh, you've touched on this a couple of times throughout the show. And I really think our audience would love to hear the story of 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 for you, as well as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, and kind of how... Okay, so... <laughs> okay, and then this is one of those Kung Lao things, where somehow Kung Lao gets done dirty, but you can't keep them down. Okay, so there's Ninja Turtles, right? And so that comes out, and Ernie Race Jr., is one of the stunt turtles that Ernie Ray's Jr. is also he's a, a martial arts cap. Everybody knows everybody from from the tournament, especially mm-hmm. at this point. Whether it's Power Rangers, Ninja Turtles, Mortal Kombat, everybody knows everybody because we're all in the same tournament. Anyway, Ninja Turtles comes around and it's like, wow, that was a really cool movie. I love that movie. This is awesome. And then, you know, we're all competing. Hosung is tearing it up or whatever. And he gets a call from Pat Johnson and he's going to be Raphael in the next Turtle movie or whatever. And Rich and Carlos are, okay, yeah, I guess we're going to go do this movie too. And so, but my son was just born right at that time. And I, I, I walk my own path. I do everything. But I, I still understand, hey, my son was just born. I need to be here during this time. I cannot. I'm not going to go on the road and do Ninja Turtles 2. And uh, I get it. It's no sacrifice to me because it's my son. But then the movie comes out and it's like, oh, everyone's so, so happy about the movie. And it's the same thing. They're signing autographs at movie theaters. And like, oh, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> They're, they're big stars and I'm being like all pouty and stuff. And this always happens, whether it's Mortal Kombat or Ninja Turtles. So you have a couple of different releases. So you have the movie release. And so now they, you know, they're, do- you're, they're doing autograph sessions at theaters. And then six months down the line, they, at that point, the VHS copy comes out. And now they're doing signings at video stores. And so there's another bump in popularity. Like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Yeah. And I'm just there smoldering and like, yeah, good for you guys. <laughs> good for you. But then Ninja Turtles 3 comes around. Okay. Now, again, you, you can't keep me down. And Ho-Sung said, yeah, Ninja Turtles 3 is coming around. Send your tape to Pat Johnson and let's see if you can be a stuntman on Ninja Turtles 3. Competing already at the time, so... Uh, it's already rising through the ranks, not uh, at the Hosung level. Anyway, so I send my tape to Pat Johnson, and I get hired for Mortal, uh, Mortal Kombat 3, Ninja Turtles 3. And yay, you know, I get to do this. So now I'm back in the game. But then it, this is that brotherhood thing. So Ninja Turtles 3 is going on. In terms of, like, wearing the suits especially, it's just really thick latex. It's about... 40 pounds of latex, and then you have a 30-pound shell on you, and then you have the helmet. And so if you could imagine, here is the mask of the turtle, and you don't see out of the mask, and you don't see out of the eye. There are two little slits underneath the mask right here, and that's where you see out of. And it's like having a a deep-sea diving suit on, like a helmet, so you can't breathe. So you can't breathe, you can't see, and you can't move. And it's 40 pounds of latex, another 30 pounds on the shell, and then a helmet where you can't see or breathe. And then you're under the light. So, so you're already sweating profusely. And then you have the big lights on you. And so now it's probably like 110 degrees, especially if you're, where you're shooting or whatever. 
And so it's very difficult for especially the stunt turtles to make it through the full filming. It's easier for, I don't want to say it's easier for the acting turtles, but the acting turtles, they're not moving, they're not jumping, they're not kicking, flying, and all of this good stuff. So it, the physical aspect is easier. But the fighting turtles, the stunt turtles, it's very difficult to get through the shoot. I think that's why uh, Ernie Ray Jr. was pulled in for part one. Ho Young Pat, Ho Sung's brother, was pulled in on part two because one of the turtles went down. And so Ho, Ho Young filled in for that turtle. And the, the same thing happened in Mortal Kombat Ninja Turtle 3. So interchangeable. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so, you know, the turtle, they're going down and Ho Sung mentions to Pat Johnson, hey, if a turtle goes down, take a look at Tony. Tony is uh, Tony's very capable of doing this stuff. He, he's a national competitor. Yappity, yappity, yap. He can do this stuff. Just take a look at him. Lo and behold, one of the turtles goes down. We're running behind schedule. Tone, suit, can you put this turtle suit on and can you do these actions? And... Okay, one of those things that you got to remember. So the turtle suits are made, they are custom made from molds for, from, the, from the stunt guys or whatever. And uh, even the helmet is made from a mold from the original actors or whatever. And so the, the helmet doesn't actually fit correctly. I can't actually see because everything oh. is like being pushed up because the, this, uh, the other stunt turtle's cheekbones were like, higher something than my, it just didn't fit right. Mm -hmm. But Pat Johnson goes, hey, can you do this? Of course I can do this. <laughs> I can't see, I can't breathe. This thing doesn't even fit me. But some goes to bat for me. And so, yes, I get to put on the Leo turtle suit. I get to fill in for actions for the turtles. I'm chasing the bad guy around. I'm falling off of horses. I'm fighting. I'm doing all of this stuff outside of also doing the other stunt work on there. And so, so yes, I missed an opportunity, um, put down or whatever, but somehow the universe says, keep going. You can do this. And with the help of friends and brothers and the whole nine yards from going from, wow, Ninja Turtles was a cool movie to, wow, I get to be in a turtle suit. I get to play Leonardo. How cool is this? It's always that same thing. And so whether, whether Ninja Turtles, oh man, I missed my opportunity. Oh, here's another opportunity. Just be ready. Oh man, I, here's Mortal Kombat. I missed my opportunity. Here's another opportunity. Just be ready. And so, yeah, it's all of these things with the help of Danny, with the help of Osung. All of these things are able to manifest themselves because there is no, oh, woe is me. I missed my opportunity. Forget you guys. It's like, oh, one opportunity is missed, but be ready. You never know what might happen. And then you have the support of your brothers who's always looking out for you anyway. And this is those things that the universe that says, here, take your shot. And maybe we're going to do you dirty. Maybe we're going to do you dirty now, but there's going to be another opportunity. And maybe we're going to do you dirty again, but there's always going to be another opportunity. Just be ready. Just be Kong Lao. And this is Keep Kong getting Lao. back up. So that's why I don't, because I'm just as good as Liu Kang. It is just, that's it. That's the reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anthony, early on with the Ninja Turtles, there were talks of a fourth movie. Did that conversation come up with you at all? Or was it too early in, in those talks to, to reach you? That's way too early. Okay, I'm going to be totally straight with you. I love the first Ninja Turtle movie. I thought that thing was awesome. Oh, yeah. And then you hear that, oh, 
Your buddies are going to be on in Ninja Turtles 2. And Vanilla Ice is also going to be in Ninja Turtles 2. <laughs> this is going to be the greatest movie ever. And then I saw, and then it was different. I really liked Ninja Turtles 1. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ninja Turtles 3 comes in. Oh, and you get an opportunity to, to participate in this movie. Oh, you get an opportunity to suit up as a turtle. This is going to be the greatest movie ever. And then oh. Ninja Turtles 3 comes out. Yeah. <laughs> and I still really enjoyed Mortal uh, Ninja Turtles 1. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, Ninja Turtles 3 didn't do nearly as well as maybe everyone was expecting. And then uh, a couple of years went by and then uh, there's no Ninja Turtles 4. And then it became like this TV series with the fifth oh, yeah. turtle or whatever. And so everything had to change by that point. I think it was a different production company or whatever, but everything had changed by that point. And so none of us were involved in that next iteration. So... Yeah, but I really love the first natural movie. <laughs> I think I gathered that. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm curious because you're not just involved in Mortal Kombat and the Ninja Turtles, for which you really love the first movie of. You also have other projects <laughs> as well. You're also in a band as the singer. Yeah, tell us. Okay. I want to hear more. So, <laughs> okay, so. I'm a big Michael Jackson fan. Um, I'm a big Bon Jovi fan. I'm, you know, I, I just love all of that type of stuff. And, okay, so let's say the tournaments happen, yeah, every few years or whatever, every three years or every 500 years, whatever the story happens to be. There's the, there's the tournament to protect the Earth realm. And then there's the rest of the time. And what are Kung Lao doing the rest of, sure, he's training. Sure, he got the, the Wuxi Academy. And I do that. I train the next generation of fighters to protect the Earth realm. But there's more to life than that. There has to be more than life. And so I like Michael Jackson. I like Bon Jovi. I'm going to start a band, you see. This, <laughs> this is exactly what it was. <laughs> and so I, I want to start this band. And it was the one of those combat cons that galloping ghosts would host before and i think it was like maybe i think it was the 25th anniversary of mortal Kombat. and galloping ghost is an arcade here in the chicagoland area uh, that's big into mortal Kombat. doc the owner is a big big mortal Kombat supporter and anyway he put the, this convention together and he knew i was forming a band like oh yeah i'm gonna play yeah, we're going to do this Mortal Kombat convention and I'm going to play there. And then we're just sitting there and it's me, Doc and Danny. And I think it was Doc asked, oh, so what's the name of the band? And I go, yeah, it's, uh, it's Kung Lao. And Danny goes, yeah, it's Kung Lao and the Scorpion. That's the name of the band. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so that, that's how that name came about. But again, there's something about music and martial arts that there's a rhythm there there's a movement there's a flow that happens like when you're doing incredible martial arts or combat sports or when you're in the flow of performing or singing or whatever and so this is how all of this stuff came together and one other piece there a few years ago there's a a coke commercial and it's taylor swift sitting at the edge of her bed and she's writing a song and, and this is in the commercial 
And I just remember sitting there and thinking, wow, that's so cool. I wish that I can, I could write songs like that. And it just became, I wish I could write songs like that. Why can't you write songs like that? Why don't you wish? Figure out how to do this stuff and let's go. Yeah. Mm. And so it's one of those things, again, where you just think, okay, I wish. What's stopping you? Nothing. Then do it. Let's go. And so that's how the band came about. And one of the biggest gigs that we played, there's this big street fest here in Chicago. It's called the Andersonville Midsummer Fest. It's one of the biggest festivals here in Chicago. Chicago is one of the biggest cities in the United States thus making it one of the biggest festivals in the United States. And it was just one of those things where I go to the, the Chamber of Commerce and I have a business within the community. And so I do have a little bit of leverage there. And then I tell them, yes, and I would like my band to play here. And then they act like, okay, well, how much exposure is your band or has, does your band have or whatever? And then it becomes, oh, have you ever heard of Mortal Kombat? <laughs> you kind of <laughs> lean on that. I'm not lying or anything. Yeah, there's Mortal Kombat. There's Kung Lao. And so somehow this band is now associated with that. And so, oh yeah, we would love to have you play this. And then some of the uh, gaming conventions, like the Midwest Gaming Convention, is another of the big ones that we played. And that one's uh, one of the big conventions here in this, this part of the, the country or whatever. And it's just so much fun to... To meet, Sam, to meet everybody who's so involved in Mortal Kombat or, or in video games in general, and then to be at the after party or a, a VIP party, and whether it's with a band or just singing karaoke, just bringing joy, because we all enjoy video games in general and Mortal Kombat in particular. And if we can have some fun and the alcohol is flowing and everyone's just ready to have a good time, why can't we do that? So this is how that band came about. And yeah, whether you've been at a VIP party, or, or, or like any of those type of things, or have you seen the band play? It is very much just, yeah, raise your drink. We're having fun. Let's do this. And so that's how the band came about. <laughs> and awesome. you know, just seeing Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift can do this. Why can't you? There's no reason why you can't do this. So figure out how, you know, there's no reason. Uh, oh, now all your buddies are like world famous because they did this video game. You just make sure you're ready for the next opportunity. Your buddies are, you know, in this Hollywood movie. Just be ready for the next opportunity. And so, so that's what it is. <laughs> that, that is awesome. I mean, like, as you're saying, it's, sure, you're attending these conventions and everything, and it's all the Mortal Kombat peeps, the, the original crew and everything. But then you're really spicing things up with, <laughs> with the addition of the band. And I love it. <laughs> yes, yes. And then whether we're singing original Kung Lao music, whether we're doing living on a prayer, <laughs> want a better life. It's just so much fun. These conventions are about celebration and meeting everybody, hanging out with the community, whether you're a developer, whether you're an actor, whether you're a gamer, whatever it happens to be, we're all in this community together. And it's just so much fun to be part of the community. And if we could put another layer of that with music and drinking, and we're just there celebrating this whole culture. And so, yeah, count me in. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really awesome. And, and you're right. It's a community. We should all be enjoying it together. Yeah. <laughs> I do also want to ask, though, because aside from 
well, now we've said Mortal Kombat, Ninja Turtles, martial arts in general, uh, you're banned. You also have a book out. And that I actually, I'm annoyed at myself for only discovering this very recently because, I mean, it's somewhat recent, but also not at this point at at the same time. It's from uh, December 2020, right? Kung Fu Rockstar? Yeah. And it detailed my introduction to martial art, how I met the, the rest of the MK crew, the whole Mortal Kombat thing, training in China with Ho Song. Developing the band, developing the next part of my martial arts journey with mixed martial arts, the struggles of being a, a single father and all of this good stuff. But at the heart of it, it is really just about having belief in yourself, having your dreams, and not letting that dream die on the vine. If you have a dream, if it's something that you you love and you live for, It's true to you, and there's always a way to make these things happen. It's so easy to find a way out. I don't have this. I don't have that. Maybe things didn't work out the way they should have. It's so easy to find that way out because everything goes to the path of least resistance. But if it's something that you want to do, you start with that that deep-seated belief in yourself that you can eventually get here. Maybe think maybe the path isn't so straightforward. Maybe you're going to change and swerve and pivot. But if you keep moving towards your North Star, when you look back after even just a few years, you'll see how far you've come. And they'll give you the the strength and energy to keep moving forward to, to do what you want in life. Whether it's establishing this podcast, whether it's uh, establishing a band, whether it's being in business for yourself or whatever that dream happens to be. Believe in yourself. Believe that no matter what, somehow I will make it there. That's when you can start taking those steps in order to, those baby steps. Yeah, maybe you're not going to get from point A to point Z, you know, right away. But if you take that step A to step B to step C, the, the small incremental step, yes, I will wake up today and I will, you know, whether it's trying to get in shape, I will do 10 push-ups today, no matter how long, how hard it takes, I will get these 10 push-ups done today. And then tomorrow I will do 10 more sit-ups tomorrow. And it's just these small incremental steps. And you look back and it's, it's such a short amount of time where you can just look back and see, look how far I've come. Why can't I go further? And this is what that book is about. And this is something that, you know, Outside of punching and kicking and grappling and being able to use a spear or the staff at, at my gym, this is the message that I really want to get, especially to everybody, especially to the kids, but to everybody. There's so many adults that walk in that they don't even know what they're looking for. Maybe they're looking for a way to get fit. Maybe they're looking for something social to do. Maybe they're looking to be the next UFC champion or whatever. It doesn't matter where they're coming from. They can, everybody can benefit from first developing a belief in yourself that, yes, I can do more. I can be better. I can push myself just a little bit more each day to try to reach my goals and then to just be able to look back six months later, one year later, two years later, look how far I've come. Yes, maybe I'm never going to reach that North Star. But because I've moved towards that North Star, I've gone so much farther than not thinking about moving toward that North Star at all. Just sitting on the couch, eating potato chips and thinking, why can't things be different? Make them different. Make them better. 
and follow your North Star. And no matter where that path, you'll be better because of it. That's what the book is about. So for anybody who wants to read that book, you can find it on Amazon. That's where I saw it. <laughs> Anthony, it, for the... And, and, Sorry. I apologize for going on such a rant. Oh, I love it. No, these, no. Are, these are things that I'm passionate about. <laughs> yeah, honestly, oh, this shows. is why we do this. Like we bring on guests so that we can talk about these exact things. So mm -hmm. nothing to apologize for. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> so Anthony, where else can our listeners find you? Okay, so EKF Martial Arts is my gym. This is my gym in Chicago. I'm always there. I trained there. I still, I still personally train. I trained that next generation of, of fighters to protect the earth realm. And when we're not doing that, we're rehearsing <laughs> with the band. So you could always find me there. I do about maybe four to six conventions a year just because they're so much fun. And then you could find me on social media at Anthony Marquez underscore Kong underscore Lao on Instagram, Anthony Marquez on Facebook. EKF Chicago is my gym on Instagram. And if you really want to find me, just shine the whoosh symbol in the sky at night. <laughs> I will see it and I'll be there. You'll just see a hat flying across the symbol. <laughs> Anthony, before we let you go, I have to ask you, what is your favorite Mortal Kombat finisher? Oh, uh, um... Is that, it might be okay. So I know a lot of people like the like that that hat cut, the original one where you split in half. Yeah. I do like the one where it's the hat is in the ground in the later version and call out yeah. pulling you across that one. I like that one. I guess though the the spin though. I guess because <laughs> that at that time it's me being part of the finally becoming part of the franchise having my own finishing move patterned after Michael Jackson. I guess that, that one is my favorite. <laughs> and then the bow. Yeah. I'm, I'm just curious. Does John Tobias know about the inspiration? I, I, like, cause I'm assuming he told you to do the, I, I think you mentioned he asked you to do the spin, but does he know about yeah. all this inspiration you had for Michael Jackson? I very much doubt it. <laughs> he had, okay, we need this finishing move. So we need you to spin around. And then there's this whole thing around that. Oh, you mean him going to be Ruth Lee being Michael Jackson? Done. <laughs> Just imagining a, a Shimon at the end of each fatality now when he spins. <laughs> there is a, there, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. But there is this like Kung Lao video and it's done to smooth criminal. And it's like the, it's like from uh, Mortal Kombat 3 and Kung Lao walked into the dance club or whatever. Yeah. And he's dancing with everybody. Oh, and it's done to smooth criminal. I don't know if the person who made that knew that I was such a big Michael Jackson fan, but that was that first iteration of, yes, the whole world is coming together. <laughs> I, I have to find this. I have to find this because I know exactly who you're talking about. They have an entire series of all of these. Yeah. And Phantom, we talked about this, I think, with, with Cabal on Mortal Kombat 11 when he was just like announced. Do you remember it was the whole thing of Cabal going like, hi guys, with the oh, spring, that's the, right. the ventilator. Who was it? I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> that's going in the description for sure. <laughs> we'll include that in the show notes as, as well as everything else Anthony has going on so you can keep track, stop by his gym, visit him, get some lessons, pick up a book. 
Anthony, you got so much going on. Go see one of his shows. So, Anthony, we would just like to thank you so much for teaching us exactly what Clint Eastwood, Michael Jackson, John Bon Jovi, and <laughs> Taylor Swift all have in common, which is Kung Lao. So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us today on the Realmcast, Anthony. Uh, thank you guys so much. Thank, thank you. you. It's been such a pleasure talking, but also thank you so much oh, for stopping by. It's always a ton of fun. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as we did. You can find Yanni and myself, Phantom, on the Mortal Kombat group on Facebook, as well as Yanni on the Mortal Kombat meme realm, which is now also on Instagram. You can also join our official Discord channel, hosted on Mortal Kombat online server through the link in the description, where we discuss Mortal Kombat along with our listeners. And special thanks to Uppercut Editions for their continued support. The Realmcast is the official podcast of Mortal Kombat Online, and you can catch up on all episodes of the Realmcast on YouTube, Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, and, of course, MortalCombatOnline.com. Thank you.